Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I want to talk about a funny subject today. I've realised that the last three or four times I've preached, I've preached on trials, I've preached on pruning, and I've realised that, you know, a lot of that stuff can, uh, you know, I wondered whether anyone will be here this week, okay? (laughs) But you're here, so thank you for coming. You're doing really well. Uh, Today I want to talk on a weird thing. I've called it calibration. I don't know if you know what calibration is, but it's basically when you you get things into alignment again. And we at our factory had this very interesting machine, and it was called the calibration station. And I was going to put some photos up, but I thought, no, I'm getting too involved in doing a PowerPoint presentation on my factory. And so I thought I'd just explain it to you. But basically, we extruded fiberglass pipe. And so big pipe would come off a machine and it would be molded and a recipe would go into blending pipe, fiberglass pipe um, ingredients together. I'm trying to just keep it really basic and I'm losing my own words, but uh, extruding like a big sausage machine, okay? And, um, and so pipe would squirt off this machine and uh, and be hardened, and then it would go down to the calibration station. Now, our pipe was all made to very, very tight tolerances. The wall thickness had to be right, the outside diameter, the inside diameter, the recipe, the pressure rating, all of the different um, facets of a pipe that I really enjoy, um, they had to be right. And more often than not, we would have to run pipe, we'd cut off at 12 metre lengths or 6 metre lengths or whatever it is, and then the pipes would roll down to the calibration station. Now, if I'm a pipe, I'm not looking forward to the calibration station because at the calibration station, I know that there's big grinding tools that are going to get my outside diameter perfectly within the tolerance because the rest of the pipe may not be within that tolerance. And so... All day long in my office, I would hear grinding, just, just a repetitive grinding. I learned to enjoy it. It's like worship music to me because <laughs> if pipes are being ground, we're making money. That's generally the, the thinking. But um, the calibration station is a necessary part of life. And I want to read from Philippians 3.12. I'm going to read in the New Living Translation. But if you read NIV, it's very similar or NASB. And it says uh, in Philippians 3, verse 12, and this is Paul speaking to us, the body of Christ, okay? And, and Paul had been in ministry, I think, around 20, 25 years at the time of this writing. So this is not a newbie. This is a guy who's been in the game quite a while. And he says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. 
I press on to possess the perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Our pipes were all meant to, they actually had a recipe that was exactly the same from one millimeter right up to the one meter mark to six meters. All, the recipe was the same in the extrusion process, if you like, all of the same ingredients, but slight variations would come about in our pipes. Slight variations on the outside diameter of our pipe would be apparent. And so that's why we would need to put it through the calibration station so the ends of the pipe would be the right diameter to fit the joints. And it's such a parallel. I think Jesus should have used this as one of his parables. He really should have, because there's so many good things about pipes that you can draw parallels to life about. So, you know, I'll, there'll be plenty more over the years, I promise you. Um, and you will all be real quite intrigued about pipes. And when you see pipes, you're going to go, wow, I know that now. Um, but anyway, the calibration station is a good place. It's one of those places that, like Paul's saying here, I press on. to I want to win the race. So I press on. And some of you might feel like giving up sometimes. We all do. I do. I'm sure you have from time to time feel like giving up. That's often when we're going through the calibration station because there's a little bit of grinding. Interestingly enough, the more perfect the outside diameter of the pipe, sometimes it will go through the calibration station and nothing. the grinder won't even touch it. It just slides straight through. That's when you know you've already been calibrated and you've walked a journey before and you actually uh, are fitting through without much pain. In today's society, pain is, a, is, is, is like a, you know, it's like the F-bomb, isn't it? It's a, it's a swear word. Pain is something we don't want in our lives. So we, we, we take pills to stop pain. We avoid pain at all costs. We have airbags to avoid pain. We, we have... Pain avoiders in every realm of life, don't we? In relationships, we avoid pain. In life, we avoid pain. Um, we often avoid pain so we don't go to the gym or we don't eat this type of food because it's painful. And so we, we avoid pain in so many ways. And Karen's got a big green smoothie going on right now. But so often in life, pain is seen as the enemy. I want to encourage you today that pain which we sometimes attribute to a negative thing is not always negative. So often it will bring about your breakthrough. It will bring about that next thing coming up, a promotion, a releasing point, a point where we actually see God break through. And the last thing I'll say about our calibration station at our factory is that it is a necessary part of the next stage. It does not go through to quality assurance until it's been calibrated. And I have a little bit of a, uh, a theme in life that if someone hasn't been through trials and pain yet, then there's not a lot they're going to be able to offer me as far as advice. If you've been through some struggles and some trials and had to fight your way through and you've come through the other side, then I want to hear what you've got to say because you've found something that, that I need. And so many of you have faced different situations and trials and circumstances. And like I shared last week, John 15, so often it, it talks about the cutting off of branches. And a lot of us have felt like cutting off, cutting off, cutting off. There's been so much pruning, there's nothing left. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to keel over. Take me, Lord, now. But that can also be translated lifting up. 
and propping up. So sometimes when we feel like he's going to cut us, cut something off us, he's actually going to prop us up and lift us up into a place of faith and believing and seeing. Paul here is encouraging us to make sure that we don't give up. I think in the West, we, we don't have the poverty like you do in Africa or India and other places of the world. But sometimes we have a poverty of hope a poverty of victory, a poverty of what the gospel is, is really all about. Because we're so surrounded by so many comforts, we're so surrounded by a lot of distractions that we even get hopeless in amongst all of that. I mean, if you talk to some people who are really poverty-stricken in Africa, I'm sure they would look and, you know, at our situations and even the worst of the worst and say, well, at least you've got somewhere you can go to get water and some food and maybe a blanket and some shelter, emergency shelter. And, and so they would look and, and perspective is a powerful thing, isn't it? Because when we rationalise our situation, it isn't that bad. The enemy sometimes wants to make it feel like the world is caving in on us. And I think this is a, a big issue with mental illness in the West. It's one of those things that if the enemy can't get us because he's stripped us of all our money and he's stripped us of other things, then what he'll do is he'll put enough confusion and doubt and conflict and relational issues and divorce and confusion in our society so that he'll try and get, bring us down that way. Because his aim is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, John 10, 10, I came that you'd have life, an abundant life. And so we, we actually have to look at our lives and say, am I living abundantly? Sometimes as, as Christians, we do think that when we get born again, it's, it's just all going to happen for us. It's just all going to happen for us. And I've given up saying to people, if I'm trying to tell people about Jesus, I've given up saying to them, just just give your life to Jesus and you watch. It's going to be awesome. Everything awesome is going to happen because it tends to happen. They get saved and everything breaks loose in their life. You know, family leaves them. They may lose their job and just bad things happen. And uh, that's not always the way and it doesn't have to be like that. But that's just my personal little grudge with the Lord. Okay. <laughs> but it's one of those areas that as Christians, if we can see pain, and I mean pain toward victory, pain toward promotion, if we can see that as a necessary calibrating of the Lord to bring us into right alignment so we can fit together perfectly. And actually, we can look at pain and say, well, this is a bit uncomfortable for me right now. It's a bit uncomfortable for me right now, but I'm going to go through this. I'm going to go through it. And if we can go through it as believers, I'm telling you, it's powerful. Because most of us run away from pain. We just, as soon as it gets hard or a little bit strange or confronting or painful, we run from it. It's because that's what our society's told us we're meant to do. You're meant to be free. You have a free will. Do whatever you want. Whatever you feel is okay, it's okay. Do you know what? It's not okay. Look at our world. It's a confused mess. And we need the abundant life of Jesus to come in and recalibrate our thinking, recalibrate our spirits to look at pain and go, hang on, this might be the pruning hand of the Lord. This might be him giving me an opportunity for promotion and I'm going to get all offended because I'm all self-motivated and I don't like anyone doing this or any situation or even God allowing this in my life, so I'm going to run from it. 
And we put a ceiling over our life and we never mature onto the the heavy meat. We never get onto the good stuff because we're always capped at the pressure point, which is pain. And so I want to encourage us today that pain can be your best friend. It can be your best friend. It can be the place where you can say, actually, wow, I'm going through this. I don't really like this. This is a little bit awkward. It's uncomfortable. I'm being confronted. Or maybe it's just a a situation personally that you're feeling pain in. If you can get through it, there's victory on the other side. There's something good on the other side. How do I know that? Because it always happens. God is always waiting to promote us. He's always waiting to promote us, not prune us all the time. Sometimes he wants to promote us or prop us up, lift us up. And isn't that a better word for today? I'll finish with that. He's going to prop you up. (laughs) Avoiding pain is, is so often one of those things that we actually look at. And, you know, I'm sure... Uh, people who are far more seasoned would look sometimes you know, at us and just go, wow, if, if only you'd walk through it. If only you'd walk through the fire instead of running from it. If only you'd walk through it, you'd see that someone's walking with you in the fire and actually supernaturally going to provide something on the other side. If we can get this as a, as a people group, we can actually see situations break through that we wouldn't ever otherwise see. Because normally we'd stop. Normally we'd stop. And we'd go, no, I don't like it. I'm out of here. That is what a selfish Western world Christian does. And, and unfortunately, our churches are full of them. And I've been one of them. I'm still one of them at certain times. I mean, it's a little chilly in here this morning. I'm feeling it. I'm like, we need heaters on. And, uh, and then I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, it's better than being in Alaska or something like that in an igloo. And um, so perspective is powerful, isn't it? If the enemy's ever putting negative thoughts in your head, slap him with some perspective. Satan, it's not that bad. It isn't that bad. It's really not that bad. We are blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. It's incredible how blessed we are. I wrote this out. Avoiding pain on the journey of growth is like avoiding the hot sand before the seawater. And it's one of those things that there is good things waiting for us. God the Father loves you. He wants to do good things in your life. He wants to bring about maturity. He wants to bring so much fruit. But he also knows that he can't just lay it out for us freely so that it's completely all like a big smorgasbord. Now, it is free, but not one big smorgasbord so that we eat every meal all at breakfast. I like buffets. And when we go to a hotel, it's all there. But I've learned something that if I go crazy and eat everything on the buffet, I'm not going to look good. And do you know what? You end up feeling painful. So what you actually go in for and you get all at once actually causes pain. So you actually get what you didn't want. And it's the same with, I was running yesterday in, in, some, in the gorge up the mountains and things and I wanted to get to a certain lookout, and so I'm running there, and I'm like, oh, I think it's this way. I think it's that way. I thought, oh, I'll probably go this way. Just take a little shortcut. Believe me, never take a shortcut. <laughs> never try and take a shortcut in life, because there are no shortcuts, are there? You know, half an hour later, I find, and I was literally up and down mountains, and kangaroos scaring me behind trees, and et cetera, et cetera. 
But it ended up a few Ks extra, which is fine, but it caused pain. When we try to take shortcuts in life and even with the Lord, it normally causes pain. It normally causes pain because what we try to avoid, God says, come on, come through the fire because it's good for us to go through the fire. It's actually good. And I never thought I'd say that. I never thought I'd say that. And Karen's cheering me on because she never thought I'd say that. In fact, we'd promised each other we'd never say things like that. But then you go through the fire a few times and you come out the other side and you go, wow, God, you actually were doing something in the fire. Your hand was with me. You were showing me something. Even when I couldn't even hear your voice, everyone else could and I couldn't even hear a whisper. He's still doing something. He's still maturing you. He's strengthening you. He's building resilience in you. He's building character in you. He's building you up to be a person that you never were before because now you'll have a grace and a wisdom that you never had. You'll have an understanding of hardship and of people's situations that, that you just never would have had otherwise because you're walking through this stuff and you're maturing through it. It's such a powerful, powerful thing. In, um, in our lives, we've really adopted the, the spirit, soul, and body mantra. And we've realized that spirit, soul, and body are three areas that if we can not just avoid pain, but actually look at our lives and discipline our lives and, and see them, spirit, soul, and body, as an area of power and momentum for God, then we can actually be more victorious than we were before. And I want to encourage you today. This, this is something that... and, and you know, Karen's very good at this. But in our health, in the area of health, I just, yeah, I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> Some people just left in the spirit. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a health session, but all I'm going to say is this. I've realized that over the journey, I mean, I remember like 10 years ago, Karen said, well, I think we should live like the Daniel fast all the time. And I'm just like, hello? What's the first thing I thought of? Pain, no McDonald's, no fast, no health, no no food that even tastes good, nothing decent, no fun anymore. What are we going to do? So pain, 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 pain. As soon as someone wants to sharpen you, the first thing you think of is pain. What am I going to miss out on? What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know what I mean? I know none of you ever think like that, but I do. First subconscious thought is, what will this cost me? What's my pain barrier? I'm telling you, if you can get past your pain barrier, you can do anything. You can do anything. You can run 42-kilometer marathon. Ryan's done it. I used to do a half a marathon every Monday and every Saturday. And I did that for a number of years. And if you join them together, they're a marathon each week. <laughs> the pain barrier. There is no limit to what you can do. If you're willing to go through the fire, if you're willing to persist, if you're willing to pursue him. Now, I'm not saying you have to beat yourself up and become a marathon runner, but certain things that we say are limitations are not limitations at all. They're not limitations. They're just things that we can't handle the pain. So we might as well just say, nope, I can't handle that pain. That Cadbury block of chocolate is way too nice. I can't handle the pain of saying no. Karen and I have, well, I'll share for myself, I got Invisalign put on my teeth recently. It's rather painful. And, it's, and Karen did too. So if you hear us lisping away, we're laughing at each other all the time. We're just lisping, lisping, lisping when we're paying each other out. It's quite fun. But 
But it's quite painful because our teeth are being realigned and my jaw in particular is being realigned. And if I don't get it, he said in 10 years, I'll grind down my teeth and I won't have teeth. I wouldn't mind having teeth in 10 years time. But it's going to take a little bit of pain of alignment for them to actually reform and, and get in their right position. It's a kingdom principle. He wants us aligned. Not aligned so we all look perfect and like each other and smell the same and dance the same, whatever else, but that we actually are aligned to his likeness. Conform to his likeness, Romans said. And when we go through that processing and don't avoid it, we're actually yielding our selfish will and we're giving over to our spirit. And when we give over to our spirit, that is his spirit, then we can be calibrated in a way that might not even cause us pain. Do you know, half the time, and I know I'm, I'm harping on about pain, but half the time it might not be that painful at all. 30% of our pipes would come out of our extrusion machine and not require any calibrating. They wouldn't require any calibrating at all. Now, they were the pipes that we just loved. We just loved them. We gave them a special stamp and a special tick because they were just perfect. But that's what God wants to do. And if you feel condemned, you're probably not needing much calibration because you're too hard on yourself. You're always telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Don't worry. You're already in a humble place. It's not going to be hard for you. He wants to prop you up, not prune you. Because when, when we have a mindset of, of rejection and negativity toward ourselves, often we're quite already broken. He doesn't want to break the broken. He wants to lift up the broken. He wants to encourage the broken. It's the proud ones like me that he has to break. <laughs> but in every area of our life, Paul relates to the runner wanting to win the race. If you think of any any situation in life physically, athletic, if you go to the gym, anything, if, if you want to achieve anything, you've got to face some pain. But then after a while, you realise this pain isn't too bad. Do you know what? After I've done a run or a workout, I love feeling sore. I'll often say to Karen, wow, I can really feel that today. And she's like, oh, maybe you should have a stretch or take recovery or massage. I'm like, no, I love it. I love it. Bring it on because I know I've done something. And, and that's, that's what it's like for us. In life, when you feel some pain, begin to rejoice. Begin to rejoice because you're doing something. You're getting somewhere. Don't see it as a negative anymore. See it as a promotion. If you're going through pain right now, I want to encourage you. You're doing very well. In fact, it's when we're super comfy that, you know, and I shouldn't even say this, but when we're super comfy, it's like, all right, let's go to the next level. Let's see what else God has for us. He always wants us to mature into deeper things. It's one of those things that if, if you see someone, you know, from five years ago, it's boring just talking about the same old five-year-old things. It's nice if you've actually felt yourself progress a little bit, isn't it? And we want to progress as believers, even in this church, in this family and in this region. We want to progress. And I hope that today you don't feel too pruned or calibrated, but that just like Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.11, that there would be an equipping and a building up. Why? So that this week, if you face pain with your boss, I've been a boss of over 500 people all at once, and that's a lot of people to be a boss over. And believe me, it only requires one of those beautiful employees 
to be a pain in your rear end and the boss hears about it. It's one of those areas that if we complain during the calibration process, God hears about it. He hears about it. And I believe he's watching us and he's waiting for us to be so equipped, so resilient that we'll have wisdom and that we'll be a people and a community known for our wisdom and our maturity. We'll be known for quality. And if if you're in a situation at work where you're being tested, I want to say to you, honour your boss. Honour, honour them, honour him or her, because that is some of the best calibration you can get. And I'm saying that, yes, I'm saying that because I've hired a lot of people, but I know I did it. I did it myself. I always honoured whoever was in charge of me. And I did that because I know that if I can be trusted at this level, then God will give me more. The Bible tells us that. And we should be the greatest employees of this region. I believe God is going to promote us as a church family in this region, in the council, in this region, I'm stepping out in new ways, meeting with different people in this region because I believe that he wants to call us to higher things. He doesn't just want to uh, you know, keep us insular and separate. We're actually to lead the way. And so there's some things that we're looking at in the coming year and coming years of being integrated and, and have influence in our region. And it's a powerful thing. But we need to be mature because if, if we just go, let's say, to the council or get on the council or the board or whatever else it might be in, in a position of influence, we don't want to just be some wacky Christian that just says this stuff but doesn't live it, doesn't evidence it. Well, that's what equipping the body is. That's what apostolic leadership is. That's, that's what it's all about is raising us up so that we don't just say this Christianese and people go, well, I, I hear what you're saying and I've heard that from many people, but I don't see it in your life. People want to see us living Jesus. They want to see us living Christ so that when we actually talk about him, they go, I can see that. I can see that in your life because you're calibrated like him. You're calibrated like him. You actually didn't respond like everyone else in the room when someone came in and brought that harshness or that offence or that criticism. You actually responded differently. And this is the practical kingdom, the practical kingdom that when we get transformed into his likeness, calibrated into his likeness, we actually rise up to a new level. Who wants to go to a new level in their life? Just raise your hands. I want to just pray. You can stay sitting. It's not a religious rule that you have to stand up when the pastor prays, is there? Just raise your hand if you want to go to a new level in whatever area of life. Lord, you see each hand. And Lord, I ask today that you would take us. You're the great apostle, Lord. You're the great apostle. And we worship you. We look to you, Jesus. And we thank you that you have given us such authority and such breakthrough at our fingertips. The kingdom of God is at hand, the book of Matthew says. The kingdom of God is at hand, is very close. There is good things very close to you. There is promotion very close to you. There is breakthrough very close to you. It may mean some calibrating. It may mean a little bit of going through the fire. But in the fire is a supernatural presence. In the challenges is a supernatural relationship with Jesus Christ and his spirit. I read something 
this week, the divine encourager is another word for the Holy Spirit. The divine encourager. Lord, I pray that you would come and be the divine encourager to each one of us. Lord, I pray for promotions. I pray for breakthroughs. I pray where there's been resistance, you would release those strongholds, Lord. You'd release breakthrough in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for influence, influence, for ideas, for fresh thinking. I take authority over depression and anxiety and and negative thoughts of the mind. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command them to leave and loose their hold off anyone here this morning in Jesus' name. And Lord, I speak your positivity over each mind, over each spirit, that pain would no longer be the limitation that we would get through that, whether it be in health, whether it be in finances, whether it be with relationships with a husband or a wife or family members or our people in our work environment, whether it's study, whether it's something you're calling us to, that we will not be limited by pain, that we will go beyond poverty thinking into prosperity, not for the sake of prosperity, just for the sake of it, but prospering for the kingdom of God, prospering for the kingdom of God so that you'd be glorified in our lives. We would be a testimony to your goodness. And Lord, I pray that you would come and fill us, even this morning, with a fresh awareness of your presence, a fresh awareness of your presence. 